0: The worst moments of our life.
1: Hey girl, hey, that's bad.
0: Uh, So speaking of like worst ever experiences. That is the worst ever. I don't feel so good. And that was my worst
1: audition ever. How bad can I be?
0: Uh, (laughs) And we feel the pain is best served funny. Welcome Welcome, to Worst Ever Podcast. Welcome, welcome,
1: welcome, welcome, welcome to Worst Ever Podcast. Welcome to, Christine. What? Welcome to Worst Ever Podcast. Stop
0: moving my microphone. I'm just
1: trying to ruin your life
0: right Uh, now. We are Live. Live. From the Broadwater Plunge. Plunge. This is a bar in Hollywood. It is connected to the Sacred Fools Theater. Um, it is off Santa Monica Boulevard. So, if you hear shaking in the background of cocktails, if you hear theater, a lot of
1: loud actors,
0: they're rehearsing. They're warming up their voices.
1: Which rich witch wore Witch <laughs> rich, rich witch's wristwatch? Uh,
0: this is a very special live episode of Worst, Worst Ever Podcast, Podcast. Yes, because today we not only have making her come back for the fourth
1: fourth time. Well, I don't want to even say who it is yet.
0: Oh, oh, okay.
1: Because I want to update you on what's going on with me. Oh, okay. If you don't mind.
0: Well, don't. Yeah. All right. So they have to sit through this. What's happening?
1: Okay. So, I quit smoking.
0: I heard this is day 18. Wow. How long have you been, just remind our fans, how long have you been smoking? Since I
1: was 17, 18.
0: So, 47 years. No,
1: no, (laughs) F off. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've been smoking literally, I think since I was in high school, and then... I quit for a year when I found out I had cancer, as one does, and so I quit, and then I went to the Middle East, and the first thing that my uncle takes me to is like a hookah lounge.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> because
1: it's just a normal thing there. You have your hot tea and hookah, and, and then it, you're back tr- on the it train. triggered. I was like, I'm back. So the whole teeth episode has, I couldn't smoke for three days.
0: Right, because So suspicious. I was like,
1: okay, this is it. If if I can't smoke, then I'm just not doing it anymore.
0: How many days did you clutch your pack of cigarettes?
1: 14 days, as like a stress ball.
0: Okay, and then after 14, you were like, I threw
1: it away, but I keep the I keep the lighter. No, I just threw it away, but I keep the lighter as everything's security. So I do everything I did when I smoked, but I do it without smoking. Right?
0: Are you doing anything? Are you doing a jewel? Are you doing a nicotine? I
1: have a I have a like a like a jewel, but I. I don't like it, so I don't use it. I do do the uh, lozenges.
0: They have nicotine in them.
1: It's a nicotine lozenge. Oh,
0: okay.
1: It makes me choke and gag, so oh. like it's slowly stopping, you know. Gross. But it's good, yeah.
0: Okay, interesting. Yeah. But you did smoke pot once.
1: I did smoke the happy pot. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you,
0: you're so not a pot smoker. I hate, po-
1: I hate pot. I hate but pot. You decided
0: to just smoke the happy like, pot because
1: like, I need something to inhale. I was like, okay. give me the happy pot. <laughs> So I smoked the happy pot.
0: I well, I had no idea, and then I was like, "God, you're so happy today on the phone." And, and I smoked
1: the happy pot. I
0: think you should start smoking the happy pot more often. I don't
1: want to get involved. I don't want to get addicted to something else.
0: Okay, that's fair. That's fair. And
1: I've been going to bars and drinking, and I've been doing. I've been. I've been doing my Starbucks.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. You, yeah, you don't want to have any more addictions. Um, right. Just but but that's good. Bars, drinking, Starbucks, but not smoking.
1: There's no smoking.
0: Okay. I'm very proud of you.
1: How are the kids?
0: The kids are good. The kids are not letting me sleep. This is day you know four what, you're, you're or five you're of You're such a complainer. Listen to me. You call me incessantly. It's like you don't understand ha- what it's like I to I have. I haven't two been children.
1: smoking. I need someone to talk to.
0: I know, you're very needy.
1: I saw your Goldbergs. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you
0: very much. It was on Wednesday. You last directed
1: Wednesday. really well. Thank you. I did have a few notes.
0: Oh, what were your notes?
1: It's a, it was a I'm little, not
0: in control of the final edit, by the way. I know that.
1: I know that. You get, but you got two passes, right?
0: I got two passes for my edit, and then, of course, you know they have to edit for time.
1: I, I, I was really proud of you. In Thanks. fact, I went. I thought you were. Re- I thought it was really good. It would have been better if you would have put me somewhere in the cast.
0: I tried, but
1: I well, you
0: uh, had to knock your teeth, in, so you audition, teeth out, so you couldn't audition. So. That's what happens. You didn't,
1: this, our guest has no idea what's happening. All right, now you can introduce our okay, guest. Okay,
0: thank you very much. Now that they've got updated on our boring lives. Our first, <laughs> Look at
1: the time. <laughs> <laughs> our first. Our, wait, you guys are, You guys are going to be so happy right now because our first guest, first of all, you're just like your fifth or 6th Fifth on the show. I, I, yeah. yeah, I
0: think it's my She topic.
1: is our official legal correspondent. Yes. Miss Step-by-Step herself. Miss My Two Dads. Miss Stacy Keenan.
2: Stacy, Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Are I love kidding? being on the show. I'm a big fan of the show. Listen to the show all the time. Every new episode shows up in the feed. Download it right away and listen to it. So I'm very excited to one. be back. And
1: speaking of dads. <laughs> yes. I mean, I don't even know where to begin with this one. I mean, Bobby Ewing. Yep. I mean. The man from Atlantis. You brought that up. I don't remember that. I only remember you it's don't like web say that in the web. front of him. Okay. Sorry. You were in a but, smoke-filled haze. I know. I know. I know. Frank
0: Lambert, my dad, my TV dad, he my other dad, dad. dad, my dad number 2.
1: Mr. Patrick Duffy
0: Patrick Duffy And Welcome we're at his show. bar
3: Thank you for having me here I've never seen the podcast Never heard of it well, you before you don't see it Patrick. I don't listen <laughs> <laughs> You mean I dressed up for nothing Yeah You don't see We'll take a picture Don't we'll worry We'll take a picture I actually Should sleep we... in these clothes So it's okay <laughs> I wear a cutaway We'll to make you an today.
1: Instagram hero Don't yeah. worry
0: so we're at this amazing bar in Hollywood, and this is your bar that you co-own with your sons. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I... Sons or sons?
3: Son. 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 Patrick, okay. owns the bar. Patrick and his wife jointly own the bar. Okay. I own the building that the bar is in, and they rent the space from me. Got it. So they actually own the bar. They own the license. They own everything. Um, and they owe me a, just a shit pot of money.
0: That's great. I love it's, that you can just keep making money on your kids. Yeah, it, but
3: I haven't seen a dime out of this, <laughs> but, but you're having a good time and doing I, it. And I think I'll be gone before uh, any of it comes back.
1: But it. The best part is Christine and I did a one-act festival in this very room. Yes, in this
0: very room. This used to be like a little black box yeah. sort yeah. of theater, yeah. and now it's this
1: gorgeous, it's just cool ba- bar. Yeah. Full circle, kind of right. crazy. I mean, I literally got deja vu when I walked around the corner. I was like, wait a I know. minute. I know. This is so weird. It's yeah, my, so my wife cool and I looking. bought the
3: building three years ago and renovated the four theaters. And then Patrick and his wife, when we were looking at this to renovate this as a theater, they thought, oh, uh, we should build a bar. And it's that's perfect. how that, everything started.
2: Next time you're in Hollywood, folks, come by. It is super cool. Um, it's got... Exposed brick walls and concrete floors, beautiful big wooden bar. And then, Patrick, tell us about the back of the bar.
3: Well, the the, the whole thing we read, we, Patrick, basically rebranded the entire theater. And the theater is now called the Broadwater L.A. Right. The whole building is called right. the Broadwater L.A. Home of Sacred Fools. This is called the Broadwater Plunge. Very quickly, Broadwater was the county I was born in in Montana. Okay. And a pl- the the back bar pieces here were in my parents' bar when they bought it in 1952. But they came from a spa that was built in Montana in Broadwater County in 1865. Oh, and this wow. picture is the spa. <gasps> so oh, so wow. somewhere in that spa, in the what they called the natatorium, which was an indoor pool, mm-hmm. also called a plunge, they had a small bar, and those two pieces were in that bar. So wow. the culmination of all of that, we decided to name the building the Broadwater and named the bar the Broadwater Plunge. How did and- you get it here? Those uh, those came from Montana to my home in uh, Tarzana, California, in 1987, and then I took them up to the ranch where I now live in Oregon in 2001, and they stayed in the barn up there until Pedrick decided to build a barn. I put them in a truck and drove them down.
2: Now, for those As of you who are good dad, does he- listening the pieces that we're talking about, it's the—it's ba- the, what's up against the wall holding all the bottles behind right. the bar, and it's this beautiful dark wood, and it's really tall, and it has m- these big, you know, impressive moldings around the top, and and this and beautiful glass on both sides, and mirrored, and it's just really cool looking. And then the natatorium, this picture, is framed on the wall, and it looks like something out of... A I mean, it looks like the Grand Old Opry. Yeah, it looks yep. like, uh, yeah, if you had a movie with a sanatorium in it, in Switzerland or something, that's right. what this building looks like it's amazing they built
3: grand things in that they era really did and uh, it's like a grand prison and for those of <laughs> you with uh vision podcasting pictures okay, go ahead this is a picture of my parents behind the bar in montana and those
2: oh, are the wow. back bar pieces oh my gosh this is amazing it's yeah. black and white
3: oh wow and the That's... two of them
2: are standing behind the bar and there is that I don't know what do you call what do you call it's this? It's called piece a back of, bar. A back it's bar. actually
3: called a back bar. There
2: and it is. what
3: you can see from this picture in 1952 there was no such thing as a mixologist. Right. In my parents bar there was bourbon, there was uh, vodka, some people drank gin, not that many people and beer. There's no bottles on the back bar. Uh, every drink was a well drink and there were only like three sections of that. Wow. And so Now, of course, it looks like what a modern bar is with 48 versions of scotch and rye. Well, I'm I'm
1: curious also, the liquor license, because they they didn't have a liquor license No, there was no
3: liquor license. That was uh, an epic saga. I
1: was like, how did you get, get, in this day and age, in this city, to get a liquor license? In
3: a building that was not originally licensed to sell alcohol. It was almost a two-year process. Uh, we literally had to start from going to local community gatherings here for neighbors and plead our case as to even put a bar in here. Wow. Uh, then we had to go to I the uh, vice department of the Hollywood Police Department, and we, they nice. had to do background checks. Woo. And they well, had to how did that
2: work out, Patrick? Jeez! I told them my name
3: <laughs> was Wilson. <laughs>
2: I, I was going to say them.
3: Yeah. Uh, so they did that. And then they did a walkthrough. And they they told us what we could do and what we couldn't do. Um, They get to the point where they tell you where to put the security cameras um, inside and outside, you know, for everything. Um, And we passed everything eventually. all the way to going to downtown City Hall for the City Council meeting when you're on the docket to be approved or not Jeez. approved. Wow. And then it gets tabled for a month or two, and you're still waiting, and you're still oh waiting. God. Did you still speak
1: waiting? at the City Council
3: meeting? I didn't speak at the L.A. City Council, but I spoke at the local community groups. Once it gets to City Council, it's all procedural. It's now, all government stuff.
2: Do you think it helped? I mean, did people recognize you? Or yes. And do you think that helped?
3: I, I think it did once the... the yeah, what will I say? I think it helped once I wasn't Larry Hagman. <laughs> in, I mean, other words, in other words, there are there are different gradations of celebrity and why they want to do things, et cetera. And the fact that uh, basically I was just here to help my son start a business and I wasn't gonna be a crazy actor, bar owner, you know. Yeah. I also have a reputation as a step by step dad and not right. a crazy, you know, how many times have you been arrested for a DUI kind of actor? <laughs> right. You know. Although now when my hair is down, I do look like Nick Nolte's headshot. <laughs> I know.
1: I was like, Wait I a will
0: minute. <laughs> say, <laughs> yeah, the you shot. have an ex- a very impressive
1: ponytail. Yeah. It is.
2: We're it's deep Montana time now. It, we're <laughs> i are
1: going you're all like, the, you're way full on, like, it, the way back. The Broadwater
2: theme is being carried yeah. through. Yeah. And by the way, sure.
1: I mean it's my first time meeting you. Obviously, I didn't realize how tall you were.
2: Oh yes, yeah. Patrick yeah. So is an an figure. In,
1: in comparison, was like well, how tall was Suzanne? I don't know. Five
2: She's... seven, and yeah, she was always wearing heels. Yeah. So. And I
3: was always wearing my flat shoes, I could. And I would always stand with my legs very wide apart when we would do over the shoulders. Oh. Well, my, my
1: question for you, Patrick, is okay, your parents owned bars. You grew up in Montana, right?
3: Let me correct you on one thing. Pedrick now is a fifth generation Duffy bar owner. You guys like this to drink. Pedrick now owns How this bar. How dare you. I owned, my sister and I owned the bar after my parents died in Montana. My parents, my. My father and mother took over the bar that her father owned in Montana. Oh, wow. And that, that would be my grandfather. And then my great-grandfather uh, was the person who started the bar in Townsend, Montana, gave it to my grandfather, gave it to my dad. My dad's bar came to my sister and myself, and now Pedro owns a bar. So he's a fifth-generation bar owner. Here's my mm-hmm.
1: Montana connection, just so you know. Political Allah went and campaigned. Well, it's true, Christine. I know. Went and campaigned for Quiz. We lost, but yeah, and I held a vote goat in the whole bit. Like a vote t- goat. there was what is a vote that? goat. It <laughs> oh, <laughs> was oh, like good. A, yeah. Good. I've never I, What's the,
2: the vote con- goat.
1: They t- they bring this goat, this mini goat, to like <laughs> get college students Are to help serious? come to, yeah to attract the college people. Love animals there, Montana. <laughs> That's the, the, the weirdest listen, thing I've
2: ever heard. It was a vote, vote goat. goat. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> okay. Yeah,
1: I'd never been to Montana. I, I literally was landing and I go, where are the buildings?
2: But like,
3: I've never where? been there. <laughs> is like, it, is
2: it super beautiful? It's gorgeous. wonderful. It's gorgeous. So it's wonderful. It's gorgeous.
3: When, when I left there, I left there in 61. Uh, we went to Seattle. And at that point, there were more people in the city of Seattle than the state of Montana. And Montana at that point was Whoa. the fourth largest state in the union. It's wow. still, I think, yeah, I think still population wise, it's the same yeah, kind of. Yeah.
0: My uh, brother in law and sister in law live in Bozeman. Okay. Which is a I know
3: Bozeman very, very, very
0: beautiful, right yep. next to Big Sky, yep. you know. Basically, they send us, our children are three days apart in age, our oldest children. And so I send them videos of her swimming in our hot tub, and they send me videos of their child. Eating a um, buffalo. Yeah, and, and skiing in their <laughs> and backyard. killing a yeah. buffalo. Full-on, cross-country skiing in their backyard. So yeah, you went to three.
3: Seattle in the 60s to pursue... No, I went to the Seattle in the 60s because my father was kicked out of Montana.
1: <laughs> as and, one does. What? <laughs> yeah. For what?
3: Uh, as, uh, he had been pulled over so many times for drunk driving. Oh. And this was in an era when, you know, you could get pulled over a lot for it in a place like Montana because there are only four cars on the road at right. any given time. I was gonna say, but I mean... eventually, and everybody knew everybody, so eventually the whether it was state patrol or highway patrol whatever they were called finally told him, "Duffy, we're going to have to lock you up if we do this again." And they said, "Why don't you just leave the state for a year or two and let everything just cool down?" So he packed up my mom, my sister, myself, they bought a 35 foot trailer house. Hooked it up, drove it to Seattle, and began a new life in 1961.
0: Oh, my
2: God.
3: How old were you? I was 13. Uh, 12. Uh, I was but 12.
2: It, but Patrick has those deep Montana roots, hence how he became the gentleman kind of why, farmer that yeah. he Why Seattle?
3: Out. Well, uh, because we had relatives in Seattle. Okay. My dad was a, a very good carpenter who I apprenticed with, and he got a job on the World's Fair. Uh, as a carpenter on the World's Fair, 1961. I remember you telling us that. So um, that's where I went to the last year of junior high school. High school, I went to the University of Washington, met my wife, she made me move to New York. She was an actor? She was a ballerina. Wow. Yeah. So,
1: Did you act at all in Seattle?
3: Yeah, I did theater a lot in Seattle. Uh, And then I went to New York and was a waiter and a carpenter for two years and then came to L.A. and was a waiter and a carpenter and a truck driver for three years. And then I was the man from Atlantis. That was your first job, basically. Yeah, I was building a boat in Long Beach uh, when I actually got the network okay to be the man from Atlantis. So I that put is... my tools in the car and <laughs> went to so work. So wait,
1: did you have an eight, like? Give me How that did it pro- work back then? Yeah, yeah. Give me that process. Is there? Did someone discover you? Was there an audition? What, what, like, well, I,
3: the same way it hasn't changed all that much. But what has changed is the ability of a smaller group of people to make major decisions. They're not committee-made decisions like they are now. They weren't then as much. Um, I went to auditions. The three years I was here, I keep every date book. I have a day-by-date book all the way back to uh, 1967, and I have every one of them. So when I came to L.A., I have every audition-go-see interview that I ever went on from the time I got to L.A., and there was a couple of years where I would do 100 to 175 different meetings, auditions, and go-sees in a single year. And didn't get a single job. That's typical still. Single job. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so I was augmenting my wife's unemployment insurance as a dancer by being a carpenter and a truck driver. And I would go to auditions and call. And then one person... Uh, one person, Ruth Comforti, is a, is a casting director, was at that time. I did a go-see with her, um, and she literally barely looked up from the desk, and I left my picture. And I had done a, a one-line part on a television show called Switch. And this lady, <laughs> Ruth Comforti, was, she said later, she was balancing her checkbook on her kitchen table with the TV on. And she happened to look up as that one line. I walked across the stage and told Bob Wagner that the car was ready and then walked off. And she looked and said to herself, he didn't come across that way when he came into the office. I should call him back. So she called me back and we had an actual sit-down interview. And then I got called back and met the producer. And then I read for them. And then they kept liking me. And then I went back and did a screen test. And then I went back and met the network head. Uh, and the joke was, uh, they—it was a superhero, the Man from Atlantis. And when they saw me, I weighed 165 pounds or so. The network, and they saw me, and they said, "He's not an eight o'clock hero." Oh, who knew?
0: All right, they a said very yeah. <laughs> less Moonves of that. And they said, they said, he's
3: he's a ten o'clock hero. And the 10 o'clock hero Mm, being more cerebral uh, body, 8 o'clock was more buff and everything. So they put me on a regime of working out and high food intakes. And I still wasn't big enough. So our special effects man, Fred Phillips, who invented Spock's ears and did all the original Star Treks, built me a foam rubber body. And literally out of the same kind of foam that they put on makeup, yeah. sculpted it, shoulders, taped everything. No constructed chest. Every and day? No, no. And then put on shirts and a thing. And they, and they walked me over to NBC in the Valley from MGM Studios in Culver City to meet the head of programming. And I walked in and they saw me and they said, you know... He's been working out and really no taking care way. of himself. Oh my god. And they made me go out and sit in the in the lobby while they discussed it and I they came out and they said, We're going. We're good to go.
0: And, and then I got you're the like job.
3: and I had another month and a half to work out oh, and be So well,
1: thank God no one lit a cigarette next to you because <laughs> you would have like <laughs> <Wait>.
3: <laughs> couch fire, couch fire.
2: So then once the show started, you didn't have all that stuff on anymore. No, you no, just I had over it.
3: I had over a month to continue to work out and, and,
2: and kind and of buff get up. to that point.
3: And then over the course of the show I gained another like 10, 15 pounds. Wow. But I started out looking like a mime <laughs> and ended up like something else. How but, long did that go on? Uh, that two years. Two years. And you were in the
2: water with a seal. The whole time.
3: Well, not right? the whole time, but, but- uh, yeah, a seal and dolphins and freezing water. Because our union, the, the, and I agree with this 100%, just so all of you listening know, is uh, when I worked with all these sea creatures or mammals, um, they have very strict rules as to water temperatures and how to take care of them. The screen actor skills had no such rules. <laughs> right. So they, had a, they decided I would have a pet, and it was a seal. And they built an underwater bed for me, which was just basically a big aquarium that I would hold my breath and sink to the bottom. And then the seal would swim around me. But it had to be, I think, 57 degrees or something the water. And I was just freezing to death, except when the seal would take a piss. And oh, then wow. it would, for a moment, I was yeah. just going, oh, thank you. Seal. thank you. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. What now, was... didn't
2: they make you learn how to breathe, like how to inhale yeah, water? I, yeah. I remember that story. No
3: bubbles. That was the rule. No bubbles. If they saw a bubble, it was a retake. So I learned how to hold my breath. And then when I'd go underwater, I would <clears throat> breathe water up into my sinuses uh, so that no bubbles would come out of my nose.
0: That sounds like a terrible job. Terrible. It was
3: horrible, except that. Seven days after it was canceled, I started Dallas. Wow. Okay, that's where I want to go. Oh
0: Wait, my God. I just so want to tell excited. But this is yes. where the
2: 10 o'clock hero comes in. Somebody yeah. was kind of right about Somebody that. Somebody was right. I what? remember watching you on Dallas when oh I was a little kid because my mom watched it. Obsessed. And I would sneak out of bed and go sit. She would sit on the couch and smoke cigarettes and drink tea or coffee at 10 o'clock at night and then wonder why she couldn't sleep. And then <laughs> I could just never in the the sleep. This the apartment in New York? This was in the apartment in Pennsylvania, actually, okay. in the, in, outside of Philly. And I would sneak out because I, I was a night owl like her. Like, I couldn't go. She only – my mom was very – chill. Like, our bedtime was 9 o'clock, even when I was super little. But I still couldn't sleep. I would be up until at least midnight. I'd be laying there for hours so bored. Like, no. oh, I'm just awake, awake. And so, I mean, she was cool. I mean, if she would be like, alright, that's fine. Get up, walk around. But other times, I would sneak out and I would sit right next to her under the coffee table. And she'd be sitting on the couch right next to me. She either didn't know I was there or she pretended that she didn't see me. And I would just sit under there and watch Dallas <laughs> um, with, with her for like an hour. And, yeah. then at like, and then I'd watch the news. And then probably after the news, at like 11.30, <laughs> I would sneak Back in and go
1: to bed. Wow, yeah, that wow. was. I was a ritual in our household too. And I'm first generation American. My parents are Palestinian. At that time, they barely spoke English, right? <laughs> right. But they loved fucking Dallas. Yeah. Like it was Dallas, not slanding yep. and Falcon uh, Crest. Falcon Crest. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Obsessed. And like all, I remember all my cousins would get together. In Houston, I, this was when my cousin was living in Houston, and we lived in we lived in Dallas at the time, too. By the way, i have been to South Fork, and um, I'm so, like, my mouth's watering just thinking about Dallas right now. Um, I'm just obsessed. So I remember eating ramen noodles, and, like, just we would – all my cousins, we breed – a lot, my family. So there's like lots of cousins. So many you know people. all of them from waffles to ham bones uh, to the whole. Well, bit. from
2: listening to the show, yes, there's yes, I'm in a big case. war. I'm, I'm a
1: big war. I'm in a war with my family right now. Tam tam, uh, yeah. Tam tam's and the w- waggy beef. Um, anyway, so uh, <laughs> Patrick's like, "What the fuck's happening?" Um,
3: <laughs> we have names, code names. Yeah, I yeah. was going to say, "Little Debbie." How did, right. <laughs> how did this get to be not about me again? Well, we're going <laughs> to get you you. We're still on you. Oh, okay. you're not off the ground. So
1: when you because you at some point, how many seasons before you decided to leave the show? Seven. The end of my seventh season, I left. Which was like, I th- was there. A f-
3: did you decide to come back or was there a fan? Like, what happened? A, a, a couple of things happened. I would like to say it was all me, but it wasn't all me. Although the, the ratings dropped. The fan base wanted to come back. Because you most were the good Im- Ewing. Most importantly, Hagman wanted me back.
1: He's such a, I've heard so many great stories about that. Larry Hagman
3: was my best friend from the day I shook his hand at the table reading when I met him the first day to the day I said goodbye to him when he died in bed when I was standing there. He was my best friend. So uh, he didn't have fun and I wasn't having fun the year I was off the show. And at the same time I left, the executive producer who was the heart and soul of the quality control on Dallas also left. Leonard Katzman. So the combination by the network was the show's going in the toilet. We need to solve it. And Larry said, well, first of all, get Patrick back. And then he called me. And I, this was before cell phones. So my light was blinking on my answer phone when my wife and I came into the kitchen. I played it, and it was Larry, and he was already in his cups. And he said, Patrick, I want you to come out to Malibu. Let's get drunk. Take a jacuzzi. I want to talk to you. <laughs> Oh my God! Like that's a dream come true. Yes, yeah.
2: you do. Just you know, your standard business. Meeting. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And I
3: turned it off, and I turned to my wife, and I said, "They're going to ask me to come back on the show." And her first reaction at that moment was, "There's no way you can go back on the show unless that last year was a dream."
2: I was going to say, oh story-wise, how did that work that out? Because so wasn't out. your character yeah. shot now, the shower? Filled?
3: The shower, right? But shower. it was not because she said it because Leonard had the same idea, mm-hmm. but. It was true that that's how they solved the problem of me not coming back as an evil twin or 80s a, TV you know, man.
2: Yep. You could yeah. get away with murder back they just then. said,
3: doom, And it solved so many problems. It got rid of the storylines for a year that did not function well. Uh, it brought me back and it brought Leonard back. I've always, wow.
1: I, and you don't have to answer this, but I've always had
3: the question Sue Ellen. <laughs> Linda Gray, having lunch with her on Wednesday. Yes. Okay. Mm. Sweet. Lovely, my, my second best friend.
1: Okay, <laughs> the girl who played the the blonde—I forget her name—Charlene Tilton.
3: Yes, shortest actress in Hollywood. Yes. Yeah. Wait,
2: I thought I, okay. Well, I thought Christine and I were the shortest actresses in Hollywood. Oh God, you know, no! Probably-
3: Charlene can't go on any rides at Disneyland. Oh,
1: stop! <laughs> so, as a whole, the cast—the cast, the cast was—you guys all got along. There yeah. was no nope. nope. And you shot here in L.A. or in Dallas? We or? shot.
3: We shot. That was back in the day when we did a lot of episodes. For several years, we would do thirty-five, thirty-six episodes a season.
0: Oh my gosh! So
3: we would shoot in Culver City at MGM Studios, and then go to Texas for two months out of every year and shoot exteriors. And that's how we did the seasons on Dallas.
2: And little-known fact: wasn't Sasha Mitchell on the show?
3: Sasha was on the show. Oh, well. you're kidding! He was your nephew. He was my nephew, Larry's illegitimate son. <laughs> I love the storyline. Wait, wasn't he
2: your wasn't he your nephew on Step by Step too?
3: He was my nephew on yeah. Step by Step.
2: <laughs> so just, what, he just follows you around being yeah, your nephew. His, as
3: a matter of fact, he's going to be
2: here. Yeah, <laughs> I was like,
1: please. So it, the, so you left, but you, you personally made the choice to leave the show originally. Yeah. And, and then, I made the
3: choice to die. I, I didn't think I was you, going to come back. You
1: created your own death? I, yeah,
3: because Leonard said, well, how do you want to go out? And I said, I want to go out as a hero, and I don't want to trick the audience into thinking I'm coming back. So let's kill me heroically. And he went okay, and that's how I. And did then them. you came back. And it's amazing I came back
1: anyway. <laughs> it's amazing at that time how much say you had in your characters and where it went. Yeah, that
3: was the only say I had. That was the only say Larry had. I mean, we did not control uh, anything on that show, other than what we did when the cameras rolled. Well, we well, didn't make a single script suggestion. Uh, we could we could change dialogue to a great degree that you can't now right? Uh, because it wasn't a writer's medium as it is writer-producer. It was executive producer-actor medium. So if, if it didn't fit your mouth, you could right. change it as long as you didn't change the intent of, of the line or the scene. So that was flexible, but we, we didn't offer one suggestion for plots in, you know, 13 years. What were the hours like on that show? Almost the same as step-by-step.
2: Meaning really? minimal? Right.
3: Minimal hours on the really? show. Really, on a one-hour drama? If it was our one-hour drama, we would we would wrap by five o'clock every night. What? Yeah, uh, we would get thirteen pages a day.
0: How easily? You would
3: use how it's many just cameras? Just pros. That's huge. One camera. They're pros. The yeah. only That's time cool. we That's had insane. two cameras is if we were doing a courtroom scene.
0: Wow. So it was
3: single camera, and we would just shoot. And and get everything for the day. It's Every like actor a soap knew opera, their job. Yeah, volume. it was like mm-hmm. a soap opera. Mm-hmm. You know? Wow, wow that's very crazy. Crazy. Yeah, and we started at a seven day week, and then we went to a six day week per episode, and we got down to a five day week wow. until the network said to the producer, to the Lorimar that we're paying you a lot of money for seven uh-huh. days.
0: Isn't that funny? Uh-huh. They do that. Yeah. So go so ahead and work these seven Leonard days. Leonard came but actually- to us and said.
3: Just stretch it out a little bit because Larry and I were directing a lot of the episodes. Mm -hmm. Oh, you were? Yeah, I directed 30 of them. Larry directed 20 some.
2: And you directed a lot of step by step episodes. And now the legacy continues. Lakin is a TV director too. Was that number one? I was number one. Number one network. Network. Yeah, number one network job.
1: But that's
0: okay.
2: I got my DGA card. So then you you decide to come back. Congratulations, that's exciting. You you
1: decide to come back. The shower scene happens, the dream, right? Do they give you a bump in pay or what, dude? <laughs>
2: oh
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the interesting thing—they is they did back up the money truck a little bit. But what happened was, is I got a bonus for coming back on the show, which was essentially my entire year's salary from the year that I wasn't on the show.
2: Yeah, TV is wow. a good gig and if you then, can get it. <laughs> and yeah, then renegotiated
3: up as the returning person with Larry. So it was—it was a good five years after that that.
1: Um, and then in 2000, when they rebooted it, were you part of that as a producer as well? Nope, nope. or No, Just
3: once again, no. Nope. Larry and I produced one of the Dallas movies. It was the worst job of producing that you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> and we both looked at each other and went, well, we have to admit it sometime. We're just sucky at this. We don't know how to do this very well at all. <laughs> and so we, we didn't push for it ever. Yeah. There are people who are really good at that that yeah. should do it. You know, I'm good at, at, at quality control, but I'm not good at minutia uh, mm. and that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, and I, I trust my opinion, but uh, no, there's the first, the first director. I don't know if you had this, the first episode I directed on Dallas, I almost didn't get the first shot because I started and I would keep going and going, oh, oh wait a second. Let's make sure this is over there come back and they say, "Oh, oh, oh, oh hold on a second." Would you? And finally, the DP took me aside. and He said, "Patrick, we're paying a lot of people a lot of money to do all these jobs. Right? Just tell the actors what you'd like them to do. Right? We'll and work it, out the rest. We'll work out the rest."
1: I was going to say because nowadays it's, you, directors are so micromanaged already, especially
3: on half hours yeah. and those yeah. kind of things. I mean, so it's, you go it's in video in village directing yeah. basically, yeah. and
0: you yeah, you're, you're talking to the actors a little bit, but at that point, every if it's an established show, unless yeah. you're doing the pilot, everybody sort of knows their roles they've they done their homework doing, and you kind of know what shots they're going to use right, exactly. it's, it's a bit paint by numbers
3: when is the
1: last time the three of you have seen each other
2: i think it was on christine's show um, yeah I right? we, were we were
1: all in the same hollywood, room
3: Babes? oh
1: for hollywood darlings yeah. season yeah, darlings. one
3: yeah we mm-hmm. did an episode oh my god
1: so yeah. they conned and you into fun. doing that
3: <laughs> i <Did. laughs> both <laughs> both <of>, both <laughs> sure both as hell didn't them. pay you for doing it um, but it was fun. It was. It fun. was, it was great fun. fun. It was really
0: yeah. fun. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, I do want to tell the fans because people have been asking. I know. There's not going to be a season three of Hollywood Darlings. <gasps> no. Sadly. Sadly, um, not for any lack of love for the show by the network, but um, there's a lack of financing. <laughs>
2: for
0: that, yeah. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, and it's um, yeah. The it doesn't, mean it's was the no, doesn't mean it's the end. Doesn't mean it's yeah. I mean, they you know they're, they're making they're, gonna... a, they're trying to make a play somewhere, but it's always a bit difficult when. But feel free to write in. Right in if you want to see it on Netflix or right. you know you want to see another season then you know go for it fans right. it, it, but it was sure a lot of fun we we had a good time um, we're gonna take a quick break for our sponsor and uh, we'll be right back this episode of Worst Ever Podcast is sponsored by Care Of
1: Care Of
0: Care Of people Care of is a monthly subscription vitamin service that delivers completely personalized vitamin and supplement packs right to your door. They give you a fun online quiz to ask you about your diet, your health goals, your lifestyle choices. It just takes five minutes to find out what vitamins and supplements you specifically need. It's really cool. And then a portion of every sale goes toward the good plus foundation. This is really great. It provides expectant mothers in need with valuable prenatal vitamins. As a mom myself, I truly appreciate that. I still take my prenatal vitamins. Care of's delicious nutrient-packed quick stick powders can also be added to your monthly delivery for an extra easy boost of whatever you need. So, how do you like it?
1: Well, I haven't gotten them yet, but I did the quiz and they're coming.
0: So what did you find out that you need? Everything.
1: Well, I, no, I, I'm you getting, clearly
0: I, need something for your eyes because you're wearing a monocle right well, I now. I put that in
1: there. No, I. Um, it's the quiz is interesting. Let me explain it to you. So it asks you like what you're like what you feel like you're deficient in. I actually did the quiz twice because I was lying to myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I did it again because I was like, uh, you know what? I'm gonna help myself. I'm gonna get the what I really need. Yeah. So like, there's like a question like, is your hair thinning? And I was like, no. no. But I was like, it is kind of (laughs) thin. Like, you know, I'm like, okay, so I need that. Do you need help resting at night? I was like, no, I sleep fine. You know, I was like literally lying to myself the first time I took the quiz. Yeah. Um, and then I redid it. and I was like, screw it. So now I'm getting this whole, like, vi- I can't wait to get it. Oh, my God. It's because it's so easy. It's all pre-packed. It's ready to go. Just, I uh... love
0: being able to have just, like, a packet of vitamins, you know, grab it, run out the door. You know, I, I hate a... having to sort vitamins every day. You know,
1: I'm a grab it, go kind of guy. Yeah. And I'm a set it, forget it kind of guy and a grab and go kind of guy.
0: Set it and forget it, people. Anyway,
1: I love Care Of. I can't wait to get my packets. It's so easy to use, by the way.
0: Well, for 25% off your first month of personalized Care of Vitamins, visit TakeCareOf.com and enter promo code WORST at checkout.
1: It's not the worst, though. It's the best. But enter WORST.
0: I'm back. Hi. Hi. And we're back.
1: Okay, so it's been since you did the first episode of... I mean, Hollywood. first series, uh, season of Hollywood, Hollywood Darlings.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's been since then. Did
1: you, just the three of you work together? Or did they work with Jody? I didn't watch the first season of Hollywood Darlings, by the oh way. Oh, my
0: God. How, How really? dare you? Really? What's wrong with How would you, you that like that your me? teeth
3: to be missing yeah. again? Yeah. There are. Already, there are already, like,
1: like uh, You have no idea, Patrick. By the way, you can donate at <laughs> <laughs> GoFundMe.com backslash Allah's New Grill. He's
0: trying okay. to get people to donate <laughs> to his teeth.
2: What by the way, happened to the teeth? How did I miss this? I don't uh, understand. What episode did you miss? I don't know. <laughs> no, but I, the whole, I mean, just in nutshell, what happened to the team? I
1: was carrying laundry up my stairs in Koreatown, which I'm moving, I'm packing up right if your now. If laundry's
3: like, that yeah. hard, you should do it more often. No,
1: I mm. believe me, you have <laughs> Thank no you, idea.
2: Patrick, uh, voice of and reason. And there's like a thing. lip
1: on the staircase. There's like lips, like, you know, like that extend a mm-hmm. little bit, like a half inch. Right. right. And as I was carrying it, I tripped on the lip
2: drunk again mm-hmm. sober
1: d- during the day right after Allegedly. the view right after the view and Wendy Williams i don't
2: know about and that and
1: i um, yeah cuz i time my laundry. Again. again yeah so
2: it's 9am somewhere a lot right. so i
1: <laughs> i landed on the banister and knocked this tooth out the, this one right here and the second one was popping out so i had to get two more are crack you kidding? This. you're no. pointing to
0: your bottom teeth right yes now. that's a new the, just as of 18 days ago yeah that is a that's a new grill. Oh, this is like something people and, have nightmares about. No, not about. yet.
1: I still have stitches underneath. This is just a partial. Oh, it looks
0: really good. It does
2: look good. It really They're is. Very, like, but yeah. you're yeah. you're going to get an implant.
1: I'm getting a bridge in the front.
2: Holy. It's a this whole is, thing. I, mean, I have right? bone loss. Many people have your worst nightmares. As I have yeah. bone loss. Yeah, I have yeah. bone
1: loss, so yeah. I can, so they did a bone graft. So that's all still healing. Um I get the stitches out <laughs> Friday. I come back from my trip to Florida and Louisiana. And then I'll come and start the bridge and then wow. the implants and the whole bit. How good. much money
0: God. are you up to with your fund?
1: I've only raised $245. I'm okay. so insulted.
2: Actually, well, I think that's pretty good. I think you know, that's, yeah, surprisingly high. I'm asking high. for
1: 27000
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's what
1: it's going to cost? Well, if I want to just do a whole new mouth. In the, on the bottom. I mean, I'm going to go for golds. So I'm not like messing around here, Stacy. Just, just continue oh, to grow your mustache yeah. till we can't see it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that sounds mm-hmm. actually more. Yeah, practical. twenty-seven
1: thousand. But I will, I'll be happy with like six to ten thousand. Oh, okay. Please donate at GoFundMe.com backslash Alas New Grill. All right. Let's <laughs> okay, that's it. enough about you. Back to me. Right,
0: okay. Yes. So, so,
1: Dallas. So, Dallas. And then did you act in between? What happened in between Dallas and Step by Step?
3: Step by Step started 14 days after Dallas was canceled. You and oh you and you, like, your weeks apart of jobs. In 23 years, I had three weeks off.
0: It's unbelievable.
3: Offers or auditions? I didn't audition for Dallas. I was just given it, and I was given steps.
1: You were given Dallas because of your Aquaman or whatever that was. I was given Man from Atlanta, I was given Man from Dallas, Atlanta. Yeah.
3: Aquaman, same thing. I mean, I, I auditioned for, Aqu- for Aquaman, Man from Atlantis, <laughs> but uh, the next door to where I was filming Man from Atlantis at MGM, Leonard Katzman was producing Logan's Run. Oh yeah, I remember that. Remember that, and yeah. and they they got canceled before. Uh, Atlantis got canceled and Leonard was old school and he walked over he was already uh, given the assignment of producing Dallas and he walked over and talked to my crew on Atlantis to see what kind of a person I was. What was I a team player? Did I come in on time? Was I responsible, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah,
0: they've been he's been swimming with a, a seal that well, sea, is he water.
3: He's, <laughs> he's always here. And so literally the offer came in to my agent to to play the part of Bobby on Dallas. That's and I, awesome and I just took it.
0: Was this, let me go back. Was this the same agent you had since you had first got yes, to yeah. L.A.? I
3: got this agent in New York. I did an off-Broadway play. She came to see an actress in the play and saw me and signed me. And then I literally did not earn her a dime for almost four years. And oh, wow. she kept me the whole time. That's Wait, was great. That
0: that was a smart
1: move so,
2: on her part. Yep.
1: <laughs> but was yeah. was Dallas shot as a pilot or already picked up series?
3: Dallas was shot as a five-hour pilot.
1: Like a miniseries. That doesn't mini-series.
3: happen anymore. Does no. no, that doesn't happen anymore. And either.
1: did the original cast stay from the... Yep. The, yep. Everyone's... There was Every no... single
3: person. Well, there was one person, but they were intended to leave the show. They came back on Knotts Landing. That's how Knotts Landing got right sold to CBS. It was a spinoff of Dallas because of Gary Ewing, who was my brother. Uh, but it was a different actor. Ted Shackelford played Gary Ewing on Knotts Landing, and it was a different actor on the original five episode of Dallas. Wow!
2: So when you were offered step by step, did you did you know that Suzanne was Suzanne, going to be the wife?
3: Suzanne had her part first. Uh, oh. They were looking for a Frank uh, a husband. Uh, she was already signed for it. Did, did you already kn- know her yet? Yeah. at that time when you I heard had, it was her? She you... had done a, a show called She's the Sheriff.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I watched that at I MGM. That.
3: And I would see her on the lot, but I didn't even say hello to her because I knew who she was from Three's Company, and I was smitten and, <laughs> and, and As every Yeah, I mean, she shy. was an icon
1: and at that. I mean, she was like a boy's
3: yeah. fantasy. Yeah. So they they hired her, and then uh, Leonard Katzman, who was friends with Tom Miller. Yeah. Who so was Tom, the producer
2: of Step by Step.
3: Told Tom, you know, one of the Dallas guys should really do your show. And they said, Larry wants to do a sitcom? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, No. <laughs> Patrick, let's do a sitcom, and, they, and, and Bill Bickley said...
2: Also a producer.
3: Producer said, Patrick Duffy's not funny.
2: But he is funny, that's the thing. And
3: so they sent the, uh, the gag reels from all the, up, the years of Dallas over to, oh to Bill Bickley. That's amazing. And that's oh, what they said. I was
1: going to ask you, how did you yeah. transition yeah. to the comedy? That's we really did smart. comedy
3: on Dallas except the moments the camera rolled.
2: Right. I bet. Between you and Larry, Larry. Hagman, oh I'm gosh. sure it yes. was ridiculous. So that's how
3: we had fun. And, and then I went right to work on Step by Step.
2: So were you excited when you found out it was that Suzanne was already... Oh,
3: yeah. I loved, I loved the fact of doing it. I was scared to death. I've never done a half hour before. So, but I've always been very um, protected uh, when I did Atlantis, uh, Belinda Montgomery was my co-star. She played the scientist who took care of the mm-hmm. Aquaman guy. <laughs> and she'd been on television forever. And I'd never done television, essentially. Yeah. And I would look to her during the first, you know, few months of, is this okay? Are we, am I doing all right? And she would, you know, you're doing fine. Suzanne did the same thing. You know? ah. Suzanne did the same thing. I was doing a comedy. I had no idea even the how a comedy was done. I didn't even know how the three cameras worked. And so when I got on the show, I would always look at Suzanne, those first couple of episodes in in studios, you remember? And I would look over and she would give me the, you're doing fine. How much
1: say did you guys have, you and Suzanne, like in the casting of the
3: children? I had no, do you think they'd be here if I had a say? I'm questions. questioning, I'm questioning. We like, snuck in under the radar, believe yeah. me. Because, I mean. They all worked more than any of us anyway. <laughs> they, were, they all knew who they were going to be. I mean, the, the, we didn't have any, I had no idea who my family was going to be until I met them on the set. Now, were you bummed
2: out when you heard there's going to be this raft of kids? There's going to be like six kids on this show?
3: Uh No, I think that, that. Cliche of don't work with kids and dogs didn't mean anything to me. I, you know, I thought it was going to be fun. You know, we
2: were wanted children. Yeah. Turns
3: out, and and this now I can say because it's, enough time has passed. But we had the most talented, well-behaved group of young actors on our show. uh, Except for
0: one of you, and you know who you are. I'm kidding.
3: (laughs) I'm right here. (laughs) You can't say that. But, uh, you know, Suzanne and I would, we never would go to our rooms very much. We'd sit like a couple of old, nattered ants in our chairs by the set, and we would talk about how fortunate we were for the working Situation that we had with this many young people and the kind of plots we would have that were very strange and weird and over the top sometimes. And, uh, you know, uh, Carlin, my wife and I, uh, I will say this in different forms of the, to this day, uh, I hear my wife saying, Stacey Keenan is probably the greatest American actress at her age I have ever oh, seen. Oh, wow.
1: And she, allegedly,
3: <laughs> no. One of the biggest losses. Oh the, one of the biggest losses in our industry was when Miss Keenan decided to enter law.
1: Well, she's Aww. not. We've talked about it on the podcast. We've talked, about, we talked if there, about if there's a reboot, she is not saying no. Yeah. But, but I have the idea. We can
2: figure it out. I have the idea
1: for the reboot, and you guys might think I'm.
2: All right. Sick and disgusting. Let's hear it. Okay. And then Pitch Patrick us. will be in charge of getting Suzanne on board. It, well, Patrick can it get that done. He's probably grave. the only one. No. He,
1: here's do here mean? here's you're
3: directing. You pull No, back. no, Frank.
1: <laughs> Frank, actually, you're the star. Thank you. Uh, but here's the plot and it's it's I'm bringing it to like this generation. I'm bringing it to like a more of an adult it's it's kind of dirty. Okay. It's stepdaughter by stepfather. So Suzanne and him get divorced. He marries what? his stepdaughter. No, you no. Stacy Keenan. This is
2: terrible. It's no. like no. a Woody Allen no. kind of thing. No, It's like a no. Woody we Allen. are, we oh are like God. real. <laughs> tra- we are like real parent and I know, but children like you're here. Like, that is ste- a bizarre like, concept. Like,
1: like, <laughs> like Christine was his daughter, and you're his stepdaughter. No, but you guys fall in love like no. Woody Allen, no. like a whole no. Woody Allen thing. that is thing. not. No. That's no.
2: terrible. We are. We have a lot of resemblance to a real family. So what you're saying right now is shocking and terrible. I'm telling you,
3: like I just threw up. In my mouth yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I'm just saying <laughs> That's what
1: the audience wants to see oh, these days. Right. No, they
3: don't. Then, then you hang around with no no one a one wants really to see that. suspect no, group of don't. people. No, they don't.
2: They like the family <laughs> yes, nature of the Guys, show. Yes, He's still on pain
0: meds. Don't listen <laughs> to him. Yeah, he's, um, he's high
2: as hell. No, no, Frank is there, and now you know the kids are back, and they have their own kids, and you yeah, know, and maybe somehow it's maybe it's one of these situations where the, it's a multi generations living in the same house together. That's what I, well, you know? you
0: know, I I always have felt like JT would JT would still be in a. Basement.
2: It's like yeah. Cody was in a van. J T. Right. He, he works at a video. Basement. The last video store. The on last earth. video store He's, on earth. He maybe owns and runs that establishment.
3: Did you direct any of the episodes? Fifty of them. I did fifty episodes of. So step. to
0: go from having never done a sitcom, being to a
2: star of a sitcom, and then directing, directing a sitcom. and it
3: was three or four camera. It was three. Three, three camera.
2: And and acting with Patrick of, was great too yeah. because you didn't one really one have to hit directors. your mark. He would just kind of incredible Hulk like, yes. sort of like <laughs> lift you up. He is very big and strong, as you've already pointed out. And he would just kind of like very subtly, kind of like lift you with these like big ham hands of his, and just kind of like place you on your mark. And you're just like,
3: Koo! that's so, why we yeah. rapped early. Yeah, is because, it's because I didn't days, have to do so. take two if fumble butt here <laughs> would miss her mark. I just go put her on her mark.
2: <laughs> yeah, he just and he knew how to do it, so he could just take that out in the edit. He would just like,
1: <laughs> boom,
2: just put you down right on your mark.
1: When the when the original easy. the original network was CBS or ABC? ABC 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 when they canceled, and then you guys like that. When happened, when Position,
3: how does that work? Les Moonves made it work. Mm. I mean,
1: no, Moonves well, ma- ma- made it work.
3: I mean, for, you know, that's was he with Julie Chen Moonves at the time? No, 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 no. no, oh, no. Nice. no. And, and he sarcasm. was, he was, uh, you know, for whatever is going on at the present moment, Les was one of the last people whose real enthusiasm was the magic of making film. That's all he wanted to do is just do he was so excited about television and the process and the and the actual genetic makeup of the industry he was not he turned out to be quite a businessman obviously cbs has been number 1 forever but that enthusiasm is why he picked up the show for the last season he liked it and he liked us you know, and, and I had done Dallas for CBS, and and I had known less all this time, and, and and you know, all the people at the at the uh, Miller Boyette company knew less as well as any of the other network execs, and he just said, "This show can still make money, we can still do this," and so he he said, "I'll pick it up for another year." Now the problem was, at the end of that year, we dropped the last, I think, three episodes of the season, yeah. We and that was about the that.
2: tragedy. That was supposed to be the wedding. We had been planning that wedding, like a real wedding for months. Well, there could be
1: a wedding where you marry your stepfather.
2: Okay. (laughs) That that is not how the show works. It is a family show. It's the
3: worst ever podcast, guys. My son's wife (laughs) is an actress, you know, a beautiful actress, and she's 44 years old, as my son is. And I know in my mind, if there was ever a script and they said, will you do this part? And I read, I went, oh, my God, she's going to play my girlfriend or whatever. I said, no, I have to turn down. That's just the ickiest thing I can think of in the world.
2: Yeah, she's, for those of you who don't know her, she's like a, she's like a, she's like a Suzanne type. She's a tall, bombshell,
3: blonde. No, that's it. And it's so funny. Not that, you know, I'm going to be 70. I don't know how old Stacy is, but she's not 70. But yeah, we don't need to talk about but, how old. I am. In a lot of circumstances there, those age ranges mean nothing. But when it comes to the situation that you develop as a family, yeah. It is the most abhorrent thought process yeah. to even consider. You couldn't do it. I yeah, because Patrick
2: was really like our dad. I mean, I still remember me and you and Angie kind of gathering around Patrick when he was in the makeup chair. And he still has these very rugged right, eyebrows. You would name my eyebrows. And, and, right, and he, and he, being the rugged Montana man that he is, he would not let any, you know, fancified makeup artist trim his eyebrows. And He's we like, no, I'm not a metro sexual. Pull them sexual. Down. I'm a, a Montana man. Like, these eyebrows are staying as they are. So we would have these couple of hairs that would be mm. really long, <laughs> whiskery hairs, and we named them. There was like Alejandro,
3: yeah, yes, right. and like Alfonso, and, Stacey and we would, would come over and just pull one out. oh, and we'd go all and just the way like down to almost his like his
0: cheek. Right, and we'd be like, you
3: have got to trim your eyebrows. Right, so we would
2: all just come gather around him and be like, what's going on with this? Can we just do <laughs> something? And he'd he have these three little like gnats gathered yep. around, just yep. being like, what about this? What about these eyebrows? And he's like, nope, they're they're not going anywhere. No, Alfonso and Alejandro and are. You, and you develop in place.
3: A, a, a parental care. Uh, Suzanne and I had a, a, a not like Daddy and Mommy, but we felt responsible for the well being of the of the young people on the show, even how they were treated by producers and right. things like that and and you know that was our safe place when you come on the set that 's your safe place and you should be f- you should feel free to do anything that you think is in in support of the concept of the show, and then they can subtly tell you not to. But you don't yell at young actors. You don't berate them. You don't, you know, do your producer thing. And Suzanne and I were very adamant about, you know, the fun sense that a set should have, especially when you're doing comedy, and especially with young people.
0: And I can't tell you, every time someone asks me, what was it like being on a sitcom? What was it like working on that show? And they always ask, what were Suzanne and Patrick like? And I say... The show was amazing. I had a wonderful experience as a child and it was because of the two of them. It's true. It's yes. so true. It yeah, trickles they, they down to the, the top. You and Suzanne set the tone 100%. And, and, and as, so you know, doubly. throughout the years, I've done a lot of other stuff where that is not the case and it's so interesting especially as an adult you walk on a set and man you can you can smell it from the moment you oh. are on. The tension is that so that it is not thick. a happy house. Oh yeah, right.
1: happy no. Right. So did you tell so Patrick that we had the one of the original
3: kids?
0: We had Jarrett Lennon. Did you? On the podcast. The original? Yes. He's, you know, talks.
3: he's still on the, every show.
0: I know. he We, the we credits, talked about right? it. He's yeah, the yeah.
3: one that gets out of the yeah. car and you see his he's legs on. run.
0: And for many years, he was actually still in oh, when man. they used the footage from Magic Mountain before we like reshot it, I oh, think uh, in yeah. s- season four or five. Uh, yeah. he, you could actually still see a bit of his face. He oh. got paid. For four years, got a residual. Really nice for every time. There his, you go. His very nice. so, Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a really interesting guy
2: and really nice. Really nice. Yeah, very nice. The whole much story, much but the
1: whole story behind his letting getting let go and the whole bit was right. so and it,
2: showing up at the party and not knowing oh. there was some network party. I remember yeah. that party. It was at the same gated community on Mulholland where um, um, Michael Jordan lived. And it was when Jordan came. And Michael Jordan walked into that party. It was in L.A. Look, if you don't live in L.A., maybe you don't realize this, but in LA, no one reacts to celebrities. It's like, everyone is too cool. I don't care who it is. Somebody walks in and everyone's just like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever. No, no, right. no. The only exception to that I've ever seen is seeing um, Mike Tyson at Whole Foods. He brought the place to a complete grinding halt. <laughs> That's a very just, odd place to see him too. Right? It was just yeah. after he had gotten the tattoos on his face. Well, the and fact he's, that he's
1: shopping at Whole Foods.
2: Well, and he's such a physical presence. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yes. He's so unpredictable. You just can't help but just stare at him. You just don't know what he's going to do. And he and he's so big and imposing, and the place was at a standstill. Everyone was just staring at him. And the other time was when Michael Jordan walked into this network party, and people just lost their minds. Like, it, it again, it came first of all, he's a foot taller than everyone else, and right. it just everyone was just out of their minds, like staring oh, so at amazing. him. I, I, in LA, an athlete can stop can traffic, but not the most famous actor in the world yeah. is not gonna do it. I don't care if Clooney walks in here right now, it's like, nah, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. But Mike Tyson walks in. Different story. Um, in all seriousness, if someone approached us and
0: said, hey, I do have a great idea, unlike Alas. I have a great idea. <laughs> Thanks. For a reboot, unlike Alas. Re- that idea is rejected out of
2: hand. I mean, we'll Stacy
0: said that she would figure it out with her lawyering schedule. Um, would you want to? Or, you're, or are you kind of like I have a bar I have a ranch no that's I have a salmon river I have a salmon river that
3: is a multi-layered question you asked, do I would I want to yes I would want to but I would need to have the uh, the question why answered sure and the question why is a very difficult question because the the why has to do with the very Kernel of doing a sitcom especially resurrecting a sitcom mm-hmm. because the why's generally are but there's a ready-made audience and and it'll be successful that's not the why no the why mm. has to be inherent in the writing and the premise of the show and i can't think of a why and i'm pretty good at thinking whys. well could the brinks truck be a why <laughs> could the what <laughs> the money truck the brink's truck up. yeah <laughs> well that but those are the whys that most people resort to and yeah. and i understand that the other whys that i say sure i would want to is to work with everybody again except yeah. a couple and you know who you are uh that would be
2: the reason for me
3: you know it's yeah. just to, to be, be with everybody again amount of people um i don't foresee it happening yeah. um there's a lot of i would say cute ideas that you could say, oh, but then, and then there's the problem with the fact that they now have kids and the parents right. are the right. grandparents and the, you know, that's not the why.
1: That's, that's why the why for me is modernizing it and doing yep. stepdaughter by stepfather. It's no.
0: disgusting. <laughs> no. so
1: weird.
0: Stop saying that. Yeah. Okay, let's
2: get on to your art collection. Yes.
1: Which you just did a big sale, yeah? Yep.
2: yep. So, so just for um, anyone yeah. who doesn't know, yeah, that's Patrick that's is a buddy. major collector of American yeah. Art. Um, a major collector to the point where he had to build a special, basically a museum on his property to house this massive collection. And I remember you saying all the way back in the day that if if your wife was ever tempted to buy jewelry or something, you would go, okay, but what would you rather have? Do you want this piece of jewelry or do you want some art? And yep. then the two of you would be like, mm, we want the art. We want the art. Yeah, It's
0: a beautiful room.
3: Yes, I want it, yeah. to see it in person before yeah. you...
0: No, why did you just... we we'll have did... a reunion. Oh, I'd love that. <laughs> Up at the ranch. We still... We well. Apparently, Stacy wants to shoot quail now.
2: Boars. Wild okay, boars.
1: You want to what? Shoot wild boars? We boors. talked about
2: this yeah, Oh, Yeah, we talked right. about this oh, on yeah, the no. podcast. Is he high? We talked about this no, on no, the previous You might be. You might know, be on the happy like, pot.
1: I didn't realize that you like... I didn't, uh,
2: She's a
0: vegetarian, right. but now she said the only time she would be interested that's in right, shooting That's right. That's right. I remember now. with you, so...
2: Now she's, by, she's...
3: You know, and she, there, the you know there's swinging. more wild boars in this world than there are Priuses.
2: Yeah, right? <laughs> they're something. rampant. They're, they're an invasive they, yep. species. They damage crops. They you, damage my other sister, native I told you species. my sister
1: totaled her car from a wild boar. Yep. No,
2: you didn't. What? Yep. Oh, uh,
1: she was driving from Tampa to Orlando. And on the I-4 corridor, apparently at night, a wild boar ran on the freeway and she killed the boar, and it totaled her car. See, like this is where
2: we come in, right. Patrick. We come in, we dispose of the wild boar, and then we make That's amazing artisanal prosciutto. That's Here's the, the and why. We eat the prosciutto. You and me. Yes, we just well, hunt for at
1: night. Because you've and fallen a in love and had
2: no, <laughs> no, no, no. It's a father daughter hunting trip. Hunting trip. and then perfect. maybe Patrick's sons and everyone comes in. Like I bring my husband, Christine brings her husband, and then Patrick and Connor show up with their wives, and then we all go on That's this big, big family um, or you, you make it, it like tri-
1: step by step meets Lord of the Flies, and you're stuck, <laughs> <laughs> like you know. Which would be kind of like I'm trying to make these
2: guys- bitches are just <laughs> getting no, worse. No, there's no We've edge got- to any yeah, reboot. Nothing. The reboot does not okay. have an edge. Yeah. It is a. F-
3: Did you live here full time, part time? I'm still an Oregon resident, but um, when my wife died 18 months ago, I've spent most of my time down here so far because uh, I had essentially uh, retired, quote unquote. Not really, but uh, not yeah. after this reboot. Uh, <laughs> this will be. But uh, I've been down here. Predominantly, oh. most of the time, I, I'm going home for Christmas for three weeks, that kind of thing. And you've
0: got grandbabies now. And
3: I have four grandchildren, and my my two sons and their wives, and everybody's happy. So I'm down. And the bar took a lot of time to, yeah. to, to you know, get up. And you're up also and
1: running. you just did a. Is it a recurring role on American Wife, or is it?
3: I, it's not recurring unless they ask me again. But you play but the I play lead's father, her, right? I play. Yeah, I play her her father.
2: And you have the ponytail. On and the, I have the, the ponytail. Oh, cool. yeah, I yeah. Yeah. went into
3: the reading hmm. with the ponytail. They didn't know I had a ponytail, and and I thought, I wonder what they're going to say about this because i'm not going to cut it for a one-off and i walked in and then i got the rewrites and they wrote to it i love oh. it they wrote two jokes for how it was that
1: i haven't seen the show yet so i don't i can't speak to it but how's the how is it
3: it's it was yeah. wonderful i mean yeah, it's I a could. lot of uh, it's it's it is a three camera but it's now there are four cameras basically right four camera uh by committee, type of sitcom. It is a writer's medium, you know, and uh, but it was fun to do. I, I love working. I, did, I know you, you know, do. You get I can some tell. The, you know, it's just so much fun to. It's so thrilling to drive on a set to drive on a lot yeah I drive on a lot and I'd never worked at the uh, CBS Radford lot and I drove on it my favorite lot and it's a good one I'm, I'm passing, it's cozy and cuddly yeah, it is it's just the best ever and there's the Gunsmoke Street and you're going oh the oh, Gunsmoke yeah. Street and there's there used to be a lagoon there but there's not a lagoon now but there's the lagoon building Right. Mm-hmm. but I know that what was the lagoon and so you know I pulled in there was a parking place for me that wasn't written on masking tape that was good <laughs> Is it
1: actually like in plastic? Like, yes. yes. It was, yeah, I
3: almost stole it, but I thought, how cheesy would that be? Uh, it was so much fun. It's just so much fun. How to go was to the work. crafty?
1: More importantly, uh, the crafty was great. That's the, all um, I judge. A Dallas show by.
3: crafty was basically some Doritos and vodka. And, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. at a certain time every night. Yes. Listen,
1: <laughs> I, I worked with Barbara Streisand for a year, and our crafty literally. And I was, we make fun of it today because. She makes so much money, and I love you so much, Barbara, but was beef jerky and M&M's. There you go. And I was oh, like, what is ooh. happening right now? <laughs> Do
2: you remember our crafty on stuff? Oh, Inger. Yes, how, how, one how, Inger. One word, Inger. Inger was from Norway. She was the her name craft... was Anger?
3: No, Inger? No, I... Inger. Oh, I- I-N-G-E-R.
2: I- it's almost like Ingrid, <laughs> And if you but saw Inger. her,
3: you could visualize a hat with horns. With horns. Yeah. She was so Norwegian. She looked like a Valkyrie.
2: Yeah. And she would you know cook and it was this whole thing soups every day and, and there's a huge you know thing all the time and i we got i don't know somehow we we were very skinny at that i, I don't know i, I don't know, you know, know how we i don't she would always make me she'd make you anything you
0: wanted and yeah. i i do remember as a kid she was just like making me grilled cheese sandwiches and salads and yes but we made. we were very skinny at the time yeah,
2: <laughs> despite all that
1: what? A real one. Oh, Patrick's <laughs> drinking, guys. What do you, What would you order, right, Patrick? Here, here. Stone
3: face? huh? Stone face? No, uh, uh, yeah, stone face. It's time for Thanks. daddy's medicine. Stone face. Okay. Daddy Thank needs you. medicine. Daddy okay, needs his medicine. it's time. Okay, um,
0: okay. okay. I want to ask you um, about when you are in LA. Yes. Your place here. Yes. Did you have to evacuate?
3: I had to pack my car. Oh I God. didn't. I didn't evacuate. I'm talking about uh, the fires, That's right? Terrifying. We had the big fires. Um, Is it I'm, still the place? At... I'm in the Palisades, yeah. okay. and I'm up in a uh, high up in the mountains in the Palisades. And uh, the night of the biggest part of the fire, it looked like sunset—gorgeous, mm. beautiful sunset. But it was 9:30 at night, and the sun had been down for three hours. Oh my wow! God. It was it was frighteningly beautiful and Ooh. so scary. Apocalyptic. And uh, you know, they, that was on a, on a Friday. And they said, we could get the signal to evacuate, voluntary evacuation, not uh, mandatory. But um, Mm. I thought, well, I could wake up in the middle of the night with the sirens going and probably grab a blender and a sock (laughs) and wonder what the hell was I thinking when I finally got out of danger. So I spent the entire Saturday going through the condo, selecting, picking, and I packed the car to the gunnels And the... The sad thing is that I could get everything that was important to me in one car. That's
0: actually, I think that's a good thing. But I think it was a good thing.
3: It was a good thing. It makes you realize and qualify what what things mean to you. So, and then the next day, uh, then Monday, I had to go on the uh, American housewife. Oh, wow. So I thought, well, I can't leave the car full of shit in the garage yeah. and have it burn up. If there's a fire and I'm not there. So I drove this car. I looked like one of those homeless people the that Lampets. live in their you car. So I, okay. <laughs> I really, yeah. was, everything was just like, that. I was driving hunched over with the, the car full of shit. Actually,
2: that was a joke from the step-by-step pilot, by the way. Right. Right? Yes, pretty, pretty said, good literate the joke, joke there about, yeah. yeah that, you know, when you yeah. all pull up, we're like, I'm standing there with the arms crossed. Like, Oh look, it's the Joe. It's
3: the Joe. You know,
2: grapes of wrath people.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, you had the best lines, I think, in the entire oh, series. Oh, for sure. Well, time. it was Stacy's show. It oh, was stations. stop. No, wait a minute. So we
2: didn't hear about the art collection. We, we started oh, yeah, on sorry, it, and yeah. we never...
3: So none of that was
1: here in L.A. You didn't take uh, that out?
3: There was a lot of it. The, the, the gentleman at the bar, is his name's Peter Kloman. He's the uh, American representative for Sotheby's uh, uh, American Art Collection here. Uh, is he here
1: to give you a check?
3: Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I got that already. But uh, when I decided to, to sell the art collection, um, it, it was... Uh, it was part and parcel to the uh, to the realization that when my wife died a, a year and a half ago, um, I realized how much had not been taken care of. That because I knew in my mind how to take care of everything, but it wasn't taken care of. And I thought, if I were to get hit by a bus, or if you know Wiley Coyote dropped a piano on me when I walk out the building, there is so much undone business in my life. So I looked at everything. And I thought my wife and I bought this art collection over almost 40 years, and we literally called every piece of art a CD we're hanging on the wall. Uh huh. Oh. Now we did, I did research. I, uh, we only bought things we loved. We bought things of value that had good resale value based on historical perspectives.
2: And sorry, w- will you <laughs> tell everyone what is the fo- cause focus? Because you focused on American artists. I, I focused on American period.
3: artists. uh... Basically from the beginning of the 19th century uh, through uh, about uh, ni- 1957, I think, was about the last one. Uh, the the only, uh, like, living artists that we had were uh, Andrew Wyeth. So we mm. had several Wyeths. Um, wow. Uh, and...
0: By the way, Stacy, in addition to being a lawyer, was also an art history major. Oh, that's so. correct. Yes, yeah, so I'm a super
2: snooty
3: old. art snob. Yeah, snooty art snob. 100%. So, when I decided to sell it and I got a hold of Sotheby's, they came first to the condo and looked at what was there, which was only about a dozen pieces.
2: Only a dozen, folks. And then they went <laughs> up to the... There's a few wives thrown in, whatever. <laughs>
3: they came up to the ranch, and that's where I had... We, we tallied uh, 44 pieces in the Sotheby's auction by the did time you have we did it. all
0: paintings or sculptures as well? Uh,
3: some sculptures, but uh, I only have... I only, And now I only have one remaining uh, American sculptor uh, that I kept for
1: myself. Speaking of sculptures this above the bar? That's a bust of me. That is a bust of you. Yes, it is. I was like, I thought it was and I wanted to make sure because I was like, yeah.
3: Is that in bronze? Well, it looks like it's in bronze. I did. I did a, a TV show in Canada 25 years ago where I played a vampire and part of the plot was he made... Uh, bronze sculptures of himself and gave them to opera houses all over the world. And <laughs> then at, Rex, a, at, a, <laughs> at a single moment, they would all emit a sound that would call Draculas from all over the universe to invade the world. And I was the head Dracula. So that was me. And they gave oh you God. the bus. They, gave me, they made uh, half a dozen of them, so I got them all.
2: Folks, the oh, uh, secret my God. really fun um, side benefit of being an actor is that you get ridiculous stuff like that. Like, I have a six foot long and four foot wide nude painting of myself. It's beautiful. Actually, from well, wait Step a minute, by the Step. The marriage
3: of Frank and. and <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Right, <laughs> Step by Step is
2: a family show, right? But, but there was an episode. That, yeah, where I agreed to po- pose nude for like an a art professor yeah. at college. Was this our show? Yeah, and she said it was going to be, oh, that's um, right. you know, abstract. I was thinking of the one where
3: you did right. the film, and it was going right. to be a questionable film.
2: Right, yeah, Frank exactly. Frank had to
3: come in and say, yeah. Right. Yeah,
2: so she, it was supposed to be abstract, so I agreed to pose for it, and then she she, like, unveils it. At some, you know, the big, you know, auction or whatever, and it's not abstract at all. And so they had me pose in a bathing suit, and they painted it like a nude picture, and I have this, uh, who, how the I hell do you look, have a nude picture of yourself? Where is it? It's, it's un- hanging on the everybody? ceiling a in, I mean, like, my little reading I don't remember nook, seeing little,
0: that when we went to the house. My house. Well, I showed you. That is so okay, funny. So where it's where ridiculous. We, where we recorded at her yeah. coffee table in there, if you, there's like a weird little nook on the side that's um, got, um... Uh, books and that's probably where the ghosts hang out too. Yes. And you go through mm. like the curtains almost. and oh my god. It's, She's put it very Christmas
1: strategically, very
0: strategically on the ceiling because it's like, where do you, what do you do with something like that? But I think on a ceiling, it's like an Easter egg. You're in there. And then also oh my you're god! Like,
1: oh, Whoa. why don't we sell your all your art and fund the reboot of Step by Step by, <laughs> by Stepfather? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, well,
0: okay. not your reboot.
2: Okay. Thank so cute. I mean, Patrick is he is a fancy art collector. Just every, I read, Everyone I've get seen. on board with yeah, this. I remember I re- him being at like table readings and being like, "Hold on, folks, I need to answer this." it's my my agent <laughs> my representative or whatever at this auction and you know the paddles are going up right now yeah. i got to answer this i got to authorize well, I was the ask next you, bid it was it, like, whoa. did
3: you do an auction for the artwork or did you do a uh, we set? did we did two auctions there were too many pieces for one auction so we did an auction in may and one in uh, november and then uh, in new there's york
1: a, there's a really good if, if, if you're interested, there's a, fascinating. I thought it was a really good article. The Hollywood Reporter did a really good yes. article yes, they did. on that.
2: Um, on and, the auction? On, on the, the, the sale. On, on
1: everything about him and his art, like, you know, and wow. the sales. And it's I a really good article.
3: Sotheby's came, and this is why I love this company, is they came up to the ranch, they brought a film crew in from New York, They did a complete documentary on my life with Carlin, the ranch, the the, uh, art auction, everything about it. And then they played that for months before the auction all over the world. Getting
2: the word out there, the excitement. And it
3: it was such a beautiful video. It wasn't just, and here's this, and here's that, and here's that. They did the story that they felt was the driving force behind why we started the art collection in the first place,
1: our relationship. Did your art have any kind of Banksy moment where it imploded during (laughs) (laughs) during one of the sales? (laughs) No, Mm -hmm. but the the highlight was uh,
3: we had a Milton Avery that went very very well in the in the auction so it was all sold individually it wasn't sold in no like... it was all individual now
2: so who were these buyers did you have museums where it was it international people is it know. private collectors you never know you never know you never find are out people that are you buying never find for, out like I'm, I'm picturing like chinese business people and, are. and you know muse- museums in new york city i'm and picturing probably some crazy step-by-step why is huge, huge in china it's so American. Yeah. It's the most American, right. and people will pay. People who've never been to a museum in their life will buy a ticket to go see Wyeth. Wyeth. Yep. It's so, it's the most American thing you can possibly think right. of. If you're listening now, if you're not familiar with Andrew Wyeth, look it up. And yeah. it's it's just, it's America in well, one. Well, it's America
3: because his father was also a, a renowned artist who, who did almost all of the pictures that you would recognize from... Uh, 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 Captain's Courageous, uh, Treasure Island—all of those paintings of depicting those stories uh, in in the very early 1900s were um, Andrew Wyeth's father, N. C. Wyeth, and then Andrew Wyeth is his son, and then Jamie Wyeth is a very famous painter now, uh, who is Andrew Wyeth's son. Oh, so wow. it's a—it's a. Do a, you paint? I yeah, I, I toyed at it. I toy at it over time, but. Uh, 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 I, I do it as a, um, as a conceit, uh, the same way I do almost everything I do. So uh, mm, not that's, Nothing you know,
2: that you do, actually. You know. So but anyway, okay.
3: but uh, the auction was very successful. And the reason we did it is uh, I wanted to make sure that I zeroed out every penny of debt that I owe in the world which oh. I did so you know i wow. we had we had investment properties in in oregon i still have them but we uh, leveraged them over time you know we take one and then borrow on that one mm-hmm. do another one and they support the nut of my entire life those but i wanted to zero out all of those mortgages so we sold wow. the art collection i am now free and clear and so what when the it, piano no one... falls
0: yeah <laughs> the boys so just when have go we gone, to the back.
2: and now, now what's in that room Building—it's a—it's a whole building, right?
3: I only sold the, the American side oh. of the. so
2: oh. Oh. oh, all right. Calm down, okay. everyone. It's yeah. only oh, yeah. the American. Just the American. You Americans don't have to have a big sale for me uh, just yet. Okay.
3: You know, the GoFundMe page is not going to. So we know start... you
2: collected other. Yeah. I thought it was all American. No,
3: I—I I mean, a lot of it is—is, is, I would say not totally museum worthy. But I have what I really love is I have five original Nelson Mandela uh, uh, pastels wow that i got in south africa when we took a trip there
1: it's one Uh, of my favorite places
3: in the world
2: mine too actually (laughs)
3: and uh a couple of sculptures uh 12 of the 44 pieces didn't sell for what i wanted as the reserve on them so i have those back Mm. so they're hanging uh and i have some uh other foreign art you know non-american i feel like there's
1: a docuseries here waiting to like yeah. yeah, right? A&E art art, art with Patrick. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's
2: like one of those um, cooking travel shows, it's like Somebody Feed Phil, but instead of traveling and eating, it's, it's Patrick, Patrick traveling and, and looking at art and maybe buying art, maybe selling art. What I was art. able
3: to do with Sotheby's is they, they asked me, and Peter, who's up at the bar now, wondering why I'm not drinking with him, but mm-hmm. uh, they asked me, uh, I, I went to Portland, Maine, because Sotheby's was having a business conferency <laughs> thing there. And so I went, and we had an, an hour open mic session of discussion of art collecting. Wow. Uh, And not from the perspective of somebody who knows a lot about art, but about the passion of following that Mm -hmm. passion in art collecting and the satisfaction of it. Well, that's
1: one thing I liked about the Hollywood Reporter article is that it talks about how you did all your research, but it wasn't about it wasn't just the research; it was visually what you were attracted to that came yeah. first. That was the first
3: attraction. It always has to be something that talks to you, right? It, it has to speak to you. Do you think, um,
0: knowing that, like if there was something that came up for auction that you were like, "Ooh, that's a pretty one," like,
2: are you? Do you still have the bug to buy? Oh, I still have the bug. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. I still have the bug to buy. I gotta get another step by step though. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> so you don't.
2: You don't breed hunting dogs anymore, right?
3: No, I have a few labs still up at the ranch, but See, I don't.
2: People, this is why I say Patrick is a gentleman farmer, right? He has his Salmon yes. River, and he he was anyway a hunter and a, a fisherman, you a pilot's and, license and while a carpenter, and an art collector, and he breeds these hunting dogs. I mean, this is a rare breed. Yeah.
1: Well, if anything, we should do a special. A step-by-step I don't know special. about we,
3: but I want you guys to come up to the ranch.
1: Well, I'm
2: saying we need to arrange this family-like fishing, I, you know, or hunting like, <laughs> events. You just concentrate
0: on your you team. You can do a GoFundMe
3: we'll we'll for your own airplane yeah,
0: ticket. Yeah, there you
1: go. <laughs> I'll do my own airplane <laughs> ticket. You know how many miles I got?
0: So I want to tell the, the listeners, um, you have this amazing career that goes on and on and on for years and still continues Lucky to bring God. you back. Yep. And then you have these two lovely sons. And they're both sort of in the business. Yeah, now. they are. Yep. And I mean, you have Patrick, who owns this—you know—great. He works at this, um, this amazing theater company, and which
1: is rare spaces. in LA, by the way. Yeah. To have a really good theater company that that is smaller, makes money or and does shows and creates and creates—they
3: pay their rent. Yeah, it's what hard here. Right. I out know what, what theater
1: is like yep. here, and it's like almost
3: non-existent. And, and Patrick is so a much. brilliant playwright who I unfortunately great. have saddled with a bar that he's going to have to really dedicate his life to for another year or so. And then he will find people to do some of the 24 hour a day responsibilities that he's doing right now. And he can get back to writing and Connor, my other son is, um, he and I have a project at Warner brothers. Uh, and, uh, he's got another project with a playwright that he's doing married to a very successful, uh, writer, producer of half hour comedies. Um, and they're both wonderful. And they have each have two children. Uh, they each have a boy and a girl. So uh, you know, did life you is good. Think,
0: did you ever think your kids would follow in, in the footsteps? We you? had
3: hoped. Both Carlin and I hoped. Uh, the, uh, especially Carlin, hmm. uh, from the very beginning. I, I had always had a more uh, laissez-faire attitude about work, and that I was more lucky than good. But Carlin looked at the arts as sacred and that she was a ballerina and a ballerina and and an actress and a model and all those things and and when both boys even in like grade school would do things um she said she could see what the future was for them and that her rule was that art took precedence over anything we were gonna we were actually going to do a uh, a boat trip. Uh, I was going to take all the kids, all the grandkids, on a floating boat trip through the south of France. One of those barge trips. Right. And uh, when all of the things were made and the money was all in there and everything, the lady who was arranging all said, "Do you want trip insurance?" And I said, "How much is it?" She told me, and I went. Uh, I don't think so. I'll get back to you on that. And I, I went in the living room at the ranch and I said, "Oh, honey, they, they're asking about trip insurance on this, and we're going to go." No, don't worry. She said, no, you need trip insurance. I said, why? She said, because if anybody gets offered a job, we have to cancel. I said, no, we don't have to. She said, well, you don't have to cancel, but if anybody gets offered a job, I'm not going. So I said, okay, I'll get trim insurance. And, you know, the, the, the foresight of her was that she died right after that. And, and it was all, you know, because of her that... It, Everything took precedence over your passions, and yeah. and that was the lesson that she left me with. Smart woman. Wow. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's crazy. Because you know, I I look at my kids, and man, if they could do anything else, I would love it. Yeah. <laughs> if they could be accountants. I would I would love. But,
1: I don't love. Yeah, but you I, say that now, Christine. You don't know. The, but what's Christine, a, what, I must well, tell like,
3: you. I must tell you. We have just spent the last hour plus talking about how fortunate our lives were to be Correct. in the true. situations that we were in. True, I want true. nothing more for my children than to experience the kind of joy that I had working with you guys, yeah. working mm-hmm. with Hagman, working on Atlantis, doing plays for no money. Yeah. If that's the satisfaction that they leave this world with as opposed to, oh, yeah, yeah, I punched the clock and got my retirement, my 401k, I guess I'm okay. I would rather them...
1: And, and unfortunately, I have to say, the way that the economy and the school systems are now and everything, it's the first thing to go. It's, like, gone. Like, the arts are gone. Like, you know, it's like kind of – they should be so fortunate to have a parent who has been so evolved in the arts yeah. and can teach them. Because yeah. there might be an opportunity where they don't get – that you're going to be able to give them. And your husband's a great actor and a theater guy. And Look, I'm you know, never
0: going to deny them. If that's what they want to do, yeah. I'm always going because to help them. Because I'm taking them dream. to the
1: auditions. Well, I am going to be that be, stage guy. You better because Mama guy doesn't
0: guy. want to be running around the town. <laughs> no. You know, he and I met in an acting class. Yeah. Really? When I was 15 years old. Yeah. That's... Wow, why he's in my life and I can't get him out. I've been, I
1: birthed both her children. (laughs) Yeah,
3: but do you know that I'm strong enough to lift her and a pig at the same time? Apparently, that's
0: true. Correct. And put
3: her on the mark,
0: right on the mark. (laughs) Um, Um, All right, I I do want to I do want to wrap this up so that you can go talk to your Sotheby's friend and we can continue drinking. Yeah, Um, yay! yay. By the way,
1: let's just give another plug to this place, real quick.
0: Broadwater Plunge, people. Santa 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 Monica Boulevard Boulevard
2: at Lily, even if you're visiting from West of
1: Vine. Another country, and you come to Los Angeles. Stop Do by. It. Stop by the Broadwater Plunge. Yep.
3: You, you never
2: know who's going to be
1: it. here. Correct.
0: The, the drinks are really by wonderful. By the way, who's your
1: bartender? Because he's a mixologist, he's like and he's amazing. This is
3: Damien today. We have yeah. five different bartenders in rotation. On busy nights, there's always two. Uh, but yeah, and oh, and the other thing is the the on the bar the our drinks are named after people that came into my parents' bar. In Montana, when I grew up in the bar, so uh, the, the the owl bar side of the menu is all named after... We have one called um, uh, Stubblefield's Mule because Stubblefield... <laughs> Was an actual person who every once in a while would <laughs> bring his mule into the bar. Stop.
2: Patrick has framed black and white photos that he has that he's handing us now, and literally here is this guy, and he's looks like kind though, of a,
3: but it is a mule. It's a mule. It he's is
2: Montana a, people. It is a mule standing at the bar. Yeah. Oh uh, my God! Is yeah. he drinking a cocktail through a straw? He, this mule. He,
3: he, they put one in front of him. I'm not sure he drank, but I also have pictures of. <laughs> well, my thank God it's like, not
1: today because the straws are illegal.
3: My sister and I. <laughs> oh, right. Sitting it's on LA that people mule straws. in the bar. Straws.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Uh,
3: we have a drink called the Swede, and the Swede was my dad's oh, best yeah. friend who basically helped him, you know, with carpentry stuff and taught me how to drive a truck when I was eight years old. And we oh, have, wow. and I have a picture of the Swede. There's the Swede sitting at the bar. That was the only picture I had
2: of him. Oh, wow. Um, this is a black and white photo. It's... I don't know how to describe this. You could have asked right down the bar
3: through a bar glass. Yeah. Right. And, and that was sweet, and I never knew his last name.
2: And this is a sweet in the back, yeah. right? And There's I another just, guy kind of leaning his chin yeah. on his hand right yeah. before him. Yeah. That's great. And I think wow. that's Speed
3: Simons. And then this is the patron of the bar. This is my wife, Carlin. Yes. And her picture oh. is always in the library shelf in oh, the center that's a of great the
2: bar. Photo of her. And
3: that was taken at the opening of the theater when we bought the building.
2: Wearing a beautiful long dress, we had the
3: opening uh, party in the uh, black box next door.
0: She must have been so proud to see this place come together. Well, she was. She was.
3: She was the one who said, "Yeah, we should buy it when when it came up for sale," and we did. And she was starting to research decorations for the bar when she passed. She wasn't here for the opening or for the you know the culmination everything, but yeah, she's kind of hovering. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, yeah. Mm.
1: it's an honor and a pleasure. I have to tell
3: you, it is. Thank the you so thing much.
1: The last thing I want to ask yeah, you uh,
0: is that I have right. so many funny memories, just like of the stuff that happened behind the scenes right. of Step by Step, and we had. I feel like I didn't see the Dallas gag reels, which I'm sure are epic, but I feel like we had some pretty we had the best gag reels, funny gag reels. Um, I almost want them to get released someday. Um, and for everyone who's oh, out yeah. there, what well, the gag reels are... Jim and Karen, please. Jim and Karen have VHS copies oh. of every single episode. Did you The, the transfer gag them? reels were yeah, for the the
2: cast party at the end of every season. And so the editor and whoever else would put these gag reels together, and then it would play, for the, and everyone would see it together for the first time yeah. at the... House party. party at the end of the rap party at the end of the year and it was hilarious and then because we worked for such a nice organization they would give people copies of this right. so that's how yeah. you know you, right. you but awesome. anyway that's that's what the gag reel is so you have takes, all of them Christine I have them all yeah so,
1: and they've been transferred
2: my dad transferred
0: you know my, well, you, dad. Have my dad you have to send you have like
1: to
3: send yeah you have to go. Oh, oh,
0: I well, only have like to, my dad we have to
1: play them at the bar and like and reel. One of my favorite
0: things that you used to do all the time amongst many things the nose bump? That there's... Oh, okay. There's that. Yeah. There's that. It was also anytime Patrick. he had, like, a <laughs> scene. Uh, just on cue, he'd, anytime. He'd have a scene with Suzanne. We, our show was a family show, but it was also quite, like, they'd be in bed
2: together. yeah, in bed lot, together. Right. And like, a lot. Yeah. And, and yeah. Suzanne would always have some negligee Negliget on. Like, who is this woman in like Wisconsin that's wearing a negligee? <laughs> you
1: guys, she created the thigh Master. Are you kidding? Of course they're going <laughs> yeah, to use her so assets. We have like, <laughs> <"Yeah>,
2: Suzanne's freaking <laughs> summer, so we're putting her in a damn
0: negligee right now. So she's in the bed, and, like, there would always be, like, some moment to, like, break Break the ice. That she'd be like, "What? What the fuck is that?" And he would have like an egg beater in the bed, or like some kind of you know kitchen utensil, just like some random thing that he would then like pull out.
3: They wouldn't let us use any of that. I don't know why.
0: Oh, I know yeah. it was great. Will you we talk really... to her, Suzanne? Oh yeah,
3: yeah. She's in Palm Springs, I think. Yeah, she uh, Palm Springs and Malibu, back yeah. and forth, back and forth. Yeah, they their house sold was their... also
0: a bit yeah underdressed. And they sold their,
3: their their. Original house in, in Palm Springs and now have a different place.
0: Right. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. But I
3: love her. And, and, again, she was... When I left Dallas, finally, when, when the show was canceled, I thought, I'll never ha- have a working situation like I had with Hagman again. I mean, working with your best friend, I would get to the set early every day. You know, I'd get a half hour early just so I could... Well, first of all, Larry and I would go in his room, open a bottle of champagne at 7 in the morning.
2: Champagne! I'm telling Hello. you. That's, how did I know?
3: it's genius. 7 a.m. somewhere. 7 a.m. somewhere. So when that was over, I thought, I'll never have that feeling again. And I walked into the first day with Suzanne, and I looked at her and I went, Oh my God, it's my new Larry Hagman. And she was my new best friend, you know, for those seven years and since then. But uh, it, you know, I've been very fortunate to work with people that I love dearly, present company included. By the way. Oh, you're, you're welcome. Well, way. at least this side <laughs> of the table. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah. Patrick
1: well. already hates me. It's been an hour.
0: <laughs> it's not a difficult task. So, I'm so
3: glad as a father that you both turned out so well.
0: Oh, thank you. You're thank welcome. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you so much, you guys, for both but, being back on the show.
1: And you want to let the fans know that this will be the last show during the holidays,
0: yeah? So, yeah? yeah, so we're going to take a little break for the holidays. We'll be back in January. Uh, enjoy. Everybody have a very merry
2: Kwanzaa, Christmas, holidays. Holiday. Hanukkah. Nothing. Sponsors. If you're listening to this, I never heard of Bobble Bar until I heard the ad on your show. And I have bought so many things from there. I'm on it constantly buying things well, I don't know if you had a code at that point, but (laughs) It, no, seriously, it, it works out there, sponsors. Right These now, ads reach right, the people who yeah. will buy them. And right products.
1: now, you should try the care of.
2: I'm wearing bobble bar earrings and necklace as we speak oh, because of this podcast. I'm just, saying, this I'm just saying, this is sales on the ground. You should probably try the care of. do it. Yes, get those. Vitamins.
0: Vitamins. All right, well thanks for listening. I'm Christine Laken. You can find me on all social at yo laken.
1: I'm a uh, lot and you can find me at Alec don't ask Patrick. Just don't ask. I'm Patrick and You can
3: find me in the bar. Yeah, do you have any kind of
1: Yeah, do you have any kind of social media? Are you fo- are you no, doing I that? Have
3: nothing. Jesus. I've dropped I don't either. off the
1: face of the earth. Yeah. Well, you're a lawyer.
2: Right. Yeah. Oh, so, by the way, how'd your last case go? You said it was kind of crazy. It, it went It went really well. It was crazy because the defendant was representing herself.
1: Ooh, so, I love those. So Ooh. we did this did trial. Why didn't you tell me so
2: I could have shown up? Uh, well, yeah, you, we talked about this before. The courts are open. They're open to the that's public. The kind so. of, I know. I want
1: to watch that one.
2: It was interesting. She was an older woman in a wheelchair representing herself. She was oh, yeah. in custody, and then, meaning she's in jail still at the time, and then there's me, and we do this case together. So it was it was very weird. Did um, you win? Well, I don't want to call it winning. Okay. What, my job as a prosecutor is to seek justice. Right. I believe that she Thank was you. guilty sorry. I, sorry. of... Um, did of you beat her
3: with a sack full of pennies or no?
2: <laughs> the jury came to what I believe is a just verdict. They did convict her you. on two of the three counts, which, by the way, included animal cruelty, so that meant a lot to me. Ooh. She tried to poison her land landlord's dog. She gave the landlord's Allegedly. dog. Allegedly. T- no, she, the jury <laughs> okay. found her guilty. They convicted her. I, know,
1: I like to say the word. Okay,
2: um, <laughs> all right. But yeah, she fed the landlord's dog a ton of Benadryl to try to kill the landlord because <gasps> oh, she was no. mad at the landlord. So that that meant a lot to me. I really wanted a right. conviction on that count because she did it. She admitted she did it on video. There was no question. Yeah. You know, the dog almost died. The dog suffered a lot. So um, they, they wow. convicted her of that count and um, assault with a deadly weapon because she then threatened the landlord and his girlfriend with a knife and a cleaver, a huge butcher knife and oh. a cleaver. Oh, my God. Hell, so, even
3: I can outrun a wheelchair. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, the wheelchair itself was in dispute. Oh, okay. I, I don't. I, in court, she had a wheelchair. On the okay. videotape, she was jumping around like Muhammad oh, Ali. So okay, okay, it okay. was, uh, I think, a bit of an act. Um, okay. So it, you know, it took eight days. Was a very long wow. trial. Wow. You know, the vet had to. The vet who treated the dog had to come in and testify about wow. the treatment. You know, emergency treatment of the dog and. You know, yeah, it was a production, but it, it came out good and, um, yeah, just result. Good for you. Very proud of you. Good for you.
3: <laughs> Let's go kill some boars. <laughs> Let's
0: do it. <laughs> uh, you, thanks for listening. You can find us at Worst Ever Podcast and Worst Ever PC on Twitter. Buy uh, some merch. Buy some merch at Worst Ever Podcast. Go fund my teeth. Do
2: not fund the laws' fund teeth. Yes, do,
0: do teeth. fund my yeah, teeth. Go buy-
1: com backslash Alas New Grill. All
0: right. Or buy a hat and, you know, give it to your loved ones. Rob, as always, thank you for being here. Yes. Um, and, and definitely check out the Broad Bar Plunge when yeah. you're in Hollywood. need
1: another one of these cocktails. All right,
0: let's go get one. Yeah. Broadwater Plunge. What did I say Broad Bar? Yeah, broad I just want to get to the
3: She's bar. She's drunk. Broad Water.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Bye. Bye.